John, which part that you fell asleep to is your favorite? Oh my god, what have I done? Eggs Benedict Cumberbatch. Who the fuck is singing? Yeah, again, I don't know why I'm defending any of this. Okay, so I was right. Suck it, Zach. Love I it. will I fucking end you. <laughs> oh no, and this is the crazy thing about balls. Like, the more... The more <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 64 of Middle of the Road, the podcast. We are doing our second-to-last flashback of the year with, um... Nine, or no, sorry, 2008's uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. This is a Judd Apatow produced, Nicholas Stoller directed, Jason Siegel written, and is one of the early Apatow movies. Is this pre or post Knocked Up? Or is this the same year, actually? I think it was post. I think Knocked Up was... Knocked Up was 2007. Yeah. So we had had 40-year-old version, Knocked Up, and then Superbad, I think, was in there, too. Yeah. In this bunch. And so this was one of the fir- movies that helped establish the, I forgot the word they used for it, but that Apatonian universe where they're shooting lots of improv, lots of the, 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 the film just kept rolling or the digital camera keeps recording and the movie comes together in the editing. And I tend to enjoy those. And I remember really liking this, but um, we're going to let John start us off with it because it is his pick for uh one of his flashbacks so john why did you pick this and you can start off with telling us what you think about it um so i picked it also because there there's a line in a song by the wonder years called (laughs) i'm I'm scared and i'm sorry and the line goes she watches breakfast at tiffany's it calms her completely i guess sarah marshall does the same for me and I don't remember whether I feel like more likely was that than supposed not, to be like a thir- is that the th- what, who sings breakfast at Tiffany's the song was that like a reference to that song and the was movie a, no, and I, the, I'm just curious I mean generally you don't watch music <laughs> this is true yeah I th- no I think it, I I mean Dan Campbell if you happen to be listening if you could explain your lyrics that'd be great <laughs> but I'm assuming it's a reference to the movie um, but uh. Deeply I, something. That's yeah, the band. Yeah. So maybe it's a reference. It's a triple reference. But go ahead. Forget a Sarah Marshall. More likely than not, I'm pretty sure I saw this after I heard the song or I heard the lyric. And mm-hmm. so, and I think it was one of those Apatowian films, like you said, Zach, that it was the last one that I haven't seen. Cause I'm pretty sure up until that point I had seen knocked up and super, you mean of those, of those early ones of those early ones. Yeah. I was going to say, so... did you watch get him to the Greek before this one? <laughs> no, oh, no. Um, I don't think I've actually, I haven't seen get him to the Greek at all. Um, neither have I. How but... about that? It's okay. No, it's good. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I wanted to investigate and kind of see, okay, what is it about this movie that is appealing to uh, 20-something pop-punk sensibilities? And I think there's a lot in it. I it's This makes it, a lot of sense because I feel like Peter is like an emo hero. No, for sure. 
But and I think, which is why I might hate him. If you could call him by his real name, P.O.P., I would much appreciate. <laughs> I just I liked that it kind of prior to Apatow, and we ta- I guess we maybe briefly talked about this when we reviewed the water boy there wasn't really a structure a structured or this culture on comedy films beyond the happy madison like i feel like happy madison had like a pretty strong hold on the genre for a while in terms of having well i mean the comedy genre was kind of dead for between i would say happy madison and apatow Yes, there was a big, there was a gap in there where movies, especially R-rated movie comedies, weren't making any money, and Forty-Year-Old Virgin kind of turned that around. But go ahead. Well, so you're not wrong. I'm just saying they're they didn't really hand off to one another. It like died in between the two. I think. Yeah, and I think with this film, it's it's similar in the sense of the main character goes through some some good self growth and self reflection. And you recognize kind of later on that, oh, they're not as innocent as you would suspect, or they're maybe an unreliable narrator. So they go through that whole self-reflection and self-growth process, which is which I love, I'm kind of sucker for. But then at the same time, it's, it's very, like you said, spur of the moment and improv and kind of piece together. But it's so naturalistic in that way. Like it doesn't, for whatever reason, it doesn't feel awkward or... Maybe at times the pacing's a bit weird, but it it just felt like a very naturalistic movie. And Jason Segel, I think, did an amazing job portraying himself in it. And um, all right, you're every- touching on f- wrap up because you're touching on everything that I most want to talk about right now. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And I think beyond like the main storyline and the plot and the main acting, all the kind of side plots are also very interesting and very funny. Paul. Paul Rudd has one of my favorite lines of anything. Like when I was rewatching it, as soon as he said it, I had to stop and be like, <laughs> like laugh for a good three minutes because he's just the best. Do so you yeah, share the quote. It's the part where he first meets Jason Siegel and he's being his typical like Hawaiian bro dude or whatever, and he's like, "Well, f- let's let's do it. Let's go hit the waves," and they're walking off camera, and he starts singing. <laughs> And the weather outside is weather. <laughs> and I just, di- <laughs> just died. I don't know. Yeah, I think I is definitely my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, I think my line MVP. for him was, wonder if the carpet matches the pubes. He's <laughs> 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 just, oh, he's so good. He, he, I don't know. To be where, he's like the like sixth to tenth banana in this movie. And it's insane that he must have just been having a ball just being like, I can just be saying the stupidest shit as possible. <laughs> There's no weight on this my success of this movie shoulders at all. And well, like, yes. yeah, just the whole scene of him trying to teach Jason Siegel to get up on the board was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just no, don't not like do that. it. No. <laughs> like, do that don't but more. Try. No less. <laughs> you're doing too much. Now you're, now you're not doing anything. Yeah, you got to do something. Like, I... Do nothing. No, but you have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> but Okay, we all agree Paul Rudd is fantastic, and I'm with Lauren. I think he might be my favorite bit of this movie. But I have to, like, so hard disagree with Peter Jason Siegel. Yes. He is one of the worst protagonists in any movie I've ever seen, I think. And I don't know if I felt this way the first time I watched it, but he has aged so horribly as someone that I feel like anybody should be striving to be or act like 
And I think that one of the, and it actually makes me like Jason Siegel less because I think partially, like you said, I don't think obviously he's playing himself, but the fact that you feel it's, that way. A lot of stuff is inspired by him though. Yeah, I know. Life. I know. I mean, he wrote the movie and he just, it's so, he's so off-putting to me watching this movie, but yeah. I still really like this movie because the cast is just stacked with amazing comedy people and great like the stuff the stuff with him and uh bill Hader is also just amazing oh like no yeah. Yeah. Oh, bill Hader was also awesome. <laughs> bill Hader comes in and bats a thousand and every <laughs> he'll just yeah, he'll just great. come Jason in Siegel, like he comes in like lying from moment one there's no way his cereal got stale he'd eat the whole box in one go <laughs> <laughs> he's just he, i don't uh, trust him <laughs> he's such a sad sack dude that I, I'd be curious, John, I want to let you defend your point a little bit. How yeah. do you, what what did you see him growing as? Like, I, I don't was, see any so, growth in the movie. I mean, he I stopped was... drinking alcohol in the morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the, part of the struggle with this film is the way in which there's not a definitive kind of growth moment or instigator in terms of what makes him kind of come back to reality and start to try again and like just live life and enjoy life i think because what you see is and we're in full spoilers when he loses mia kunis's character i forget what her name was uh rachel rachel when he loses rachel because he confesses I messed up. I went back to Sarah and she performed 15 seconds of head on me. <laughs> um, he kind of like when he, go he goes back to the bar, steals the photo, gives it to her, goes home, kind of falls back into old patterns again. Right. And kind of like just self loathing and eating cereal by the like salad bowls and all this kind of stuff. But then he just kind of, throws himself back into his musical and I guess kind of realizes that and it's never said and it's never explicitly like shown necessarily but like you got to do something and if you don't if you like if you don't do something then you're just going to be stuck in your I patterns. can agree with you there he found professionally he found a better path for himself but I see zero growth as a romantic partner <laughs> not not even professionally just like just personally he's He's a musician who has been stuck in scoring TV shows or whatever when he's actually got this dream and this kind of th this uh, this thing he wants to see to fr fruition artistically. And I think that was and maybe part of the I'm, I feel weird, I guess, defending this part, but part of maybe the lesson of the movie is before you can feel it fully learn to love someone else. You've got to learn how to love yourself and take care take care of yourself, and you can't. I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think he believed that when he wrote the movie, uh, and yeah, I can roll with that a little bit. And you know, because he became a better person, she owes him and has to come back to him for no reason. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't see that at all. I don't, I don't think there is like a. Okay, you have to admit that. the Mila Kunis coming back. Thing she told is... him to leave her alone. He should have never sent her the invitation. I don't care <laughs> that it makes a better ending to a movie. Her character is like no, she could do so much better. Oh yes. And so why did she come back? So she came back to America. Bell. 
Like the whole movie, you believe that she's very content and happy with her life. Mm-hmm. And then the, the end, she's like, no, I decided to move for a man again. It's yes. basically what happens. 100%, Lauren. I think one of the things that might be interesting to explore, or whether or not it's, I'm, again, I'm not sure if it's very clear. The, the whole ending of this movie kind of goes really quickly and very kind of, or the whole resolution part, I think, kind of does move kind of quickly. So it makes it seem like no time has passed. M- Mila at all. Kunis's d- decision hinges on the bartender dude being like, "You can't hold a dude accountable for getting fifteen yeah. seconds of head." He refused a blowjob from his ex mid blowjob, but that means he still got a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that could have been done better. <laughs> I guess that, no, that's very that's very fair. Um, I like. I wonder what the timing of it was, though. You know, like, is this like a month? No, I understand. Is this like I understand a year from that time, now? Like, definitely, time had passed. But instead of rushing the ending, maybe not pause for like fifteen to twenty minutes to like just make Kristen Bell's character look like awful human being. Like, yeah, stop trying to make me not like Kristen Bell, guys. It's oh, never it's impossible happen. not to like <laughs> Kristen Bell. No, she is. She she secretly might be the MVP of this movie as well um oh yeah her whole scene when she talked about how she was like she actually tried to make the relationship work oh my god it's yes. like yeah. like really i felt well, i felt yeah. more for her character than i did for jason siegel's i know no, that's 100%, why i don't know sure. how you come back from supporting jason siegel after that moment and i don't know i and like kristen bell's character and mila kunis's character are so much better than peter and so such better people. Uh, i'll disagree i i, I don't that's know that's because you are peter no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but wh- how do you disagree there i think well because i i agree that kristen bell played her character rounder than a typical oh no her character her character um, gets a bad rap in the movie but the fact that the man basically peter is writing her is makes like it's a they just completely knocked the the feet out from under her like the when 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 she flashes back to oh i did make him wear a couple ugly shirts are we supposed to think she's some horrible girlfriend i don't i don't know no not that she's a horrible girlfriend no i think i think that moment is more about peter's peter's slight commitment to that relationship again it's not anything significant but like more so than russell brand's character aldous whatever like Aldous won't make that sacrifice willingly to sacri- quote unquote sacrifice to like. But wear, I think like, I think Aldous is handling that situation more appropriately than Peter Siegel is. Like you, sh- you are, are Peter Siegel <laughs> than Peter is. Like Peter is not being an individual. He is succumbing to the relationship, and that's all he cares about. Uh, which you have to do in a relationship sometimes, but he it's so meek and weak and not how you yeah. should be in a relationship. And I, I don't know. I'm saying a lot about myself in our here. Aren't I? Um, um, Ben, Amy, never listened to this episode. Amy, <laughs> no, stop she, now. She knows this is definitely who I am. Ben, tell us some thoughts. You've been quiet. Um, I enjoyed it. Like, like you guys said, for the most part, um, had you, you hadn't seen this before. I had not. This was my first okay. time, but a bunch of people yeah. have been telling me I should, um, and I want to mention again, I think I texted you guys about this, but uh, the day after I went to see a Dracula play that a co-worker of mine was in, <laughs> so I went from seeing zero Dracula plays in my lifetime to two within one weekend, which was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, the real tragedy of this movie is a live-action puppet version 
uh, of the Dracula story <laughs> has not been actually like done. That's the now I read the book. Dracula book. I don't remember a lot of that stuff happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I feel like that tells you a lot about Jason or Peter's character. It's like he finds Dracula the tragic person in that book. It's like mm, isn't he the villain? <laughs> now I read it a long time ago, but. I feel like he was definitely the villain. <laughs> typical, a typical normative perspective on the Dracula narrative. <laughs> Whatever, Peter. Like you guys said, uh, Paul Rudd, amazing. Uh, I didn't like him at first, but then I got to like him more and more. Like Jonah Hill. Well, actually, I think his his best scene was his first one um, with Jason Segel. Just the oh, you're you're coming by yourself. That's. That's, yeah. that's pretty sad. I liked him. I just like those little, like, those side characters that would pop in and out. I thought were great. Um, I was reading that Kristen Wiig is only in, like, the unrated version or something, which is the one I saw. Okay, yeah, was I she, didn't. She wasn't in the was version. Was she I in watched. it? I don't remember. I watched so, the theatrical so version. So the unrated version is uh, he goes to, like, Peter goes to, like, a yoga yoga class oh yeah 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 and yeah. she's the instructor that. oh yeah I've, i think and i've seen that deleted scene it's hilarious it's hard to watch but it's hilarious um so i liked it's kind of like all these you know big name comedic actors right before they got really big mm-hmm. um i still i still don't know if i like russell brand that much i haven't seen him in anything that was like i stellar. still really like him i, I like him I, in this role a lot yeah. and like i read that this it was originally written for um charlie hunnam it's like I can't I can't imagine <laughs> no, that at he all. Would, like wait, Russell what? Brand is this character. But it's like so and he wasn't it's not like he was bad. It's just like I don't find him as funny as I found the other people in this movie. And I guess I just haven't seen enough of his stuff to really mm-hmm. like get him. Um, I mean this and get it to the Greek. I mean his character of Aldous Snow is and again, I easily the best thing I he's haven't done, seen but... I haven't seen Get yeah. Him to the Greek. Is is that yeah, who he plays? Just... Is he the same guy? Yeah. It's a sequel, yeah. It's, it's a, sequel. a sequel. What except but Jonah uh, Hill plays Jonah, a different yeah, character. Yeah, Jonah Hill's different. Okay. Um, do they, real quick, do they address that? No, I don't think. Not that they I don't, remember. Okay. They don't make like a meta like reference as like to like, other, oh, he's like I don't, a twin yeah, or something. I don't think so. But, um, I, I, I enjoyed the, the majority of this movie. Kristen Bell, like you, also, like you guys also said, her moment where she kind of reveals how she struggled with the relationship was great. Um, and the ending, again, the ending, I was a little... I liked how it ended so happily. I don't think it need to also be bookend by a naked uh, Peter. I didn't <laughs> see more of that dude than I ever needed to see. Yeah, I just want to reiterate that John chose two naked men movies in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but I uh, gotta see that pain. That is another weird thing. Like the way that it bookends. Stay tuned the for movie, next week for when we do Brokeback Mountain. It part of, it. There's no nudity in that movie. That's not female. Um, I'm just oh. Well, <laughs> um, amazing movie, by the way. Uh... Uh, ben, don't bite your tongue. Um, <laughs> it seems really weird that Jason Siegel. It, it felt weird watching this. Like was that he bookends them? I guess you're homophobic. Right? No, it's a joke. It's clearly a callback joke, but it's also like, did he just feel like? It, it feels partially like I just want people to see my dick. Yeah, like, and it was also <laughs> it felt weird to me where he was like calling her, and then she walks in. And he's like, oh, I was about to call you. It's like really, you were gonna, you were you weren't gonna like finish changing. You were just gonna call her, <laughs> butt ass naked in this room that apparently you didn't lock the door to. 
Man, those so, leotards, I guess they get hot. Got to air out. Yeah, they, very sweaty. Uh, you would not want to hug him after that. Uh, Jason, <laughs> to give Jason Siegel a little bit of credit, all the other characters are calling Peter on his bullshit throughout this movie. So there can't, he has to have, he obviously has some, like, he has self-awareness that Peter isn't the best character in the world. But, I don't know, just Peter yeah, had no Peter growth. Peter would acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah, Peter, yeah, exactly. Because, um, you know, like, um, Mila Kunis makes fun of him when he's, like, act asking, like, when he's like, oh, are you sure you're not too drunk before they have sex for the first time? Like, like clearly they're into each other, and yes, that's an appropriate thing to do, but he's being, he has he has some outside reference for it. He doesn't think, it's not like Mila Kunis goes, oh my god, I can't believe you, you know, they don't make a big deal about it. She's like, dude, come on, I'm into you, we're doing this, let's do this. Um, stuff like that. And then the Kristen Bell thing, too, the her big scene where she, like we've all touched on, is probably possibly the best scene in the movie it's definitely the best non-comedic moment of the movie when she points out just how shitty a boyfriend he is i think i think what sets this one apart from some of the other uh apatow ones i would say again aside from a 40 year old virgin is like it actually has kind of an emotional resonance to it Whereas a lot, I think knocked up is just as. I I think that I mean that, it, that one tries, but it just doesn't. It doesn't get me as much as these two did. Like I'm not saying it's mm-hmm. like it's it's definitely more thoughtful than your average comedy. Like, but this one, but this one feels more sporadic than the other ones, though, right? Like I feel like the scenes, like you were saying, Zach, they feel more impromptu and like almost improved mm-hmm. and scattered threat. Like there's the scene where. Aldous is teaching Jack McBrayer how to have sex with his wife. Oh my god, I forgot about Jack McBrayer. That was so great. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, whereas Knocked Up in the Four-Year-Old Virgin, there's a definite, like, thorough line that follows the main character, the main protagonist. Yeah, there's definitely the influence of Family Guys, like, asides. Not that, you know, Simpson, you know, obviously other people have done that. But at the time when this came out, Family Guy was so big with having the little breakaway comedic moment which this movie does really well i think but, but that could be yeah. i feel like that's probably maybe less of a fan like i don't want to give family guy too much credit but like maybe more just in line to like an improv show right where you'll have like little skits here and there to break up like sure. main things as well like this but, this feels but, like a comedy a comedy film in line with sort of improv like performed improv like stage improv and less like stand-up comedians trying to write a film, if that makes any sense. But we were talking about Apatow. I think Apatow always has done in all of his movies. I think he didn't direct this one, obviously. But I mean, I think the Trainwreck as well. And even uh, though this is forty, wreck. isn't my favorite. You didn't like Trainwreck? Oh. I thought I thought it was like, meh. Yeah, it was fine. But like, there comes a point where all Judd Apatow was like the movies he's involved in. Like, there's the improv scenes where you just keep the camera rolling, and then in later movies, those scenes, like, go on and on forever, where there's, like, people just staring at each other. It's like, you could have cut this, like, five minutes ago, guys. <laughs> like, his movies start to go too long. Um, I, I, You're not alone in that sentiment. Uh, but I'm just saying, emotionally, I think he finds a lot of truth in all mm-hmm. of his movies. Yeah, we all know that you go see Spider-Man by yourself without taking Amy. 
when did I go see Spider-Man by myself? It was a 40 or um, this is 40 or whatever. Oh, yeah, I do remember. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Is is that worth watching? I haven't seen that. If you like, I mean, I don't know. It's decent. I mean, I like the people in it. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like you're very middle of the road on Apatow. So I don't know if this is. Well, It'll probably be seen? in line with your you reactions to yeah. all of his movies. <laughs> I, I, I think I mean, people consider this as 40 his weakest directorial effort. And if you're already down on Knocked Up a little bit and down on... Which one was his weakest wreck, directorial? This, is, this 40. is 40. It's like, I'm not I'm not, no, I'm not down, saying you're, I'm not, you think they're bad. It's just like, I think it, it's it's emotional. It wasn't as like emotionally like weighty to me as, as the others were. Like I think this one actually, like again... Seeing Kristen Bell cry, going over how this relationship or like mm-hmm. fight crying is that was like holy shit that was actually really powerful, and I don't think there was anything like an equivalent to that in this movie or in um in Knocked Up. Again, I haven't seen Knocked Up in like five six years. Maybe it's better than I remember. Well, I think there was. I will say with Knocked Up, I feel like there was more of a direct kind of you can trace the change and growth of that character. Because you see the conversations that Seth Rogen has with his dad and his dad has this like really inspirational conversation with him at the beginning when he finds out he got uh, Elizabeth High Catherine Elizabeth, Catherine, High- Catherine High- why did I say Elizabeth Catherine Heigl pregnant and then there's that last one towards the end of the movie where he's just like Seth I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing no dad does and it's just kind of like his inspirational like yeah i can do this if my dad could do it kind of thing there's not really again there's not really any of that in here it's very naturalistic and almost abrupt though but for whatever reason i totally agree with what ben's saying it resonates a lot still i think um so yeah joe dapato's had some sneaky production movies he's produced recently he produced begin again with kira knightley yeah but that and- doesn't matter producers aren't important to the oh. making of a film <laughs> But we've been talking Ooh. about his overall of produ- production. Yeah, but that doesn't well, matter. It's great while we lasted. <laughs> no, but sixty-four episodes get by Hollywood. Is, executive producer doesn't matter. I was giving you guys shit about the James Gunn thing. He definitely has a. And I was giving the trailer shit because they were putting it like in <laughs> shining bright letters, like, "Hey, James Gunn is involved in this movie. See if our James Gunn guys." <laughs> Which is an interesting choice with, I mean, I'm glad that people are still thinking James Gunn is a name that you should promote. That he definitely is. But um, uh, a, an interesting, cho- I think, I think the critical community has, dis- or the, I'm sorry, the Hollywood community has collectively decided uh, Disney fucked up <laughs> on firing him. Because yeah. nobody seems worried about supporting him in any way, shape, or form. You know, I mean, I guess it just... It counts when you apologize for your mistakes. <laughs> Multiple you times over it. many years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or when you've like naturally changed and like learned the error of your ways. Like, well, yeah, yeah. From I wouldn't even years call it a mistake. Ago. Yeah, it's a poor taste joke, but in but to acknowledge you were changing and evolving, and you don't find that. Yeah. Okay. We don't need to get in that conversation. Back to forgetting Sarah Marshall. Ben is going to leave us in a short moment do you have any final notes you want to hit on yeah i i remember liking most of apatow's movies but not like over the moon um i think i'm gonna go back and rewatch them because this is actually it's just a like this was a really smart movie and i just i want to go see if if the other if like 40 year old virgin is as good as i remember maybe it's even better and i want to give 
knocked up another try, and that's because this movie was that good. It's like inspired me to go back and rewatch. Yeah, that's my my last little bit. Bye. Goodbye. This, See ya. This movie has not inspired me to go watch Judd Apatow films, but it has inspired me to watch bad moms which is probably a bad movie but it has Kristen bell and mila kunis i'm like oh i love i love Kristen bell in every movie i usually like mila kunis in every movie oh katherine yeah. hahn is amazing i haven't seen any of those movies either maybe i, sh- I should yeah i will but like they're not top priority but i will say for yeah. Kristen bell i'm super excited that veronica mars is coming back and one of the things <laughs> i read while going through the trivia for this was the scene where she has to talk about her Movie, or her TV show getting canceled, like right uh-huh. before they filmed that, she found out that Veronica Mars was getting canceled. Oh, so that's why she had so good in that <laughs> yeah, scene. Yeah, it was like it was right just in real line. life. <laughs> well, okay, just to talk about that scene real quick. Again, I, Kristen Bell is incredible, and I can't believe I haven't seen the combination of her and Mila Kunis in Bad Moms, like you're saying, Lauren. Like that just seems incredible. And again, um, Catherine Hahn is also amazing. And, yeah, I oh my gosh, uh, she's amazing in. I think she's in the newsroom. You know she's one in of one episode of the newsrooms. Or... Well, and Parks and Recreation. She's incredible in Parks and Recreation yeah. too. Um, but I think, as much as Kristen Bell makes herself a round character by talking about how much she had to put up with in terms of Peter's lack of responsibility and accountability, her coming back to Peter is very understandable. But after, like, clearly seeing that he's with someone else, like, again, Peter accepted it. And so he's also in the wrong, ultimately. But it's just, it's kind of emotionally manipulative, right? Like, it's, I don't know, it's one thing to, I don't know. So what, I What's emotionally manipulative? For her to come back and be, like, like right after getting dumped and right after realizing No, no, that, I, again, I think you were, I, 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 you were getting hung up. What the way she acts, I don't support the way, her arc, but I think the the script betrays her character at the end, just to make they make her look bad on purpose. So I think Peter doesn't look as bad. I mean, plus she did cheat on him for a year. Okay, that's that's not right either. But <laughs> but but I think they make her so petty and not. It's not a natural reaction to everything that happens. I feel. I think there's I I'm not agreeing with her cheating. That's not a good thing, but I I also understand why she was cheating. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, I guess based I'd on based on fair, the yeah. speech that she gives. Yeah. But but then the the scenes after that are I where they have the dinner scene where everyone's just making fun of her and all of a sudden she become, becomes so jealous where we yes, they've been laying that little bit of jealousy in the beginning of the movie, but it feels so it feels so vindictive against her at uh, w- once once she has that great moment where she calls him out. Then the movie all of a sudden decides, you know what? We need to make her look even worse to make Peter look even better. That's the way it feels to me. And I think Kristen Bell does a great job in those scenes and is excellent. But the writing really she takes some punches her. on the chin for because I think <laughs> aren't they making fun of a movie she was in when they were talking about cell phones killing each other? Yes. Like I think it was called Pulse. Oh, she was actually in that was she, a movie. She, she was in a movie did. that like I don't know if it was exactly that, but it was yeah. kind of like I think they're talking about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> We've been praising Mila Kunis a little bit here, but she Not enough. Yeah, she's really Well, I mean, they don't give her enough to do half yeah, the time. I, I I agree, but she makes the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. She seems we, the most Wait, we 
really? You guys think she's underutilized in this? I yes. think she's underutilized in the sense she's amazing, so she's probably more often than not not going to be. But underutilized, there's there's not but... much to her. It's like, yeah, I want to be on this island, and I and then that's it. And then, like Lauren said, they she just betrays it at the she she seems happy and content with her life, and then the movie's like, but a man at the end, like it doesn't give her much beyond that. I don't think. She's a good Except a ro- random she's... scene where she gets super violent all of a sudden. Oh yeah, about her ex. <laughs> uh, like that felt really weird for to me. But I I I think she's great in the part. Regard she elevates a very thin part. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you don't want to defend me, like Rachel, the character Ben or Ben John. Rachel, where is she? <laughs> do we lose do we lose john no i'm here okay. um <laughs> i don't know like i i don't know well before i try to defend rachel i should also say you were talking about the stacked cast which makes this movie like so incredibly enjoyable also like a stacked cast in terms of people who what have they been in since like the bartender or the chef or like there's so many like smaller faces in this movie who are completely enjoyable too like i'm not sure why that bartender isn't in more stuff either he's awesome i don't know look Um, at his imdb page he might be in a lot of stuff maybe i feel like it has less to do with mila kunis just being like oh i'm gonna go back because this man or but like i don't know although i get that and i i feel like that is a trope that we need to resist and uh move away from in hollywood but I, there was just such a undeniable like magnetism between both of them, right? And well, I think we've shared I, our thoughts that we Peter <laughs> like. I agree. She she is magnetic, and just you get drawn to her. But you're just like, why the fuck is she drawn to this loser? Yeah, <laughs> who hikes in flip flops, guys? <laughs> <laughs> For the record, they both do. I mean, John, we're, we're, we're clearly both just experienced this movie. I mean, you're all in and you're buying it. That's fine. I, but I, I, I just, the, the, every, I feel like I like this movie a little bit less because of Peter every time I've seen the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which might be, this hasn't been my, this is like maybe my third viewing. So maybe mm-hmm. I'm just not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah. I feel like this was my third viewing. I don't know. Was Bill? H- I always got the impression that Bill Hader's character was Jason Siegel's like brother-in-law. No, no, stepbrother. Uh, step-brother. They say, yeah. Oh, stepbrother. Okay. Because he says yeah. at one point, like, "I'm your stepbrother. I'm not even related to you. I okay, will I lay you thing. out." <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I missed care that because I was like looking that. at the the names in the IMDb page and like I thought just I thought the his wife was the sister of Brett Peter. No. So it's like, wait, did Bill Hader take the, the wife's last name, which would have been amazing. <laughs> but, but no, it was a stepbrother. That's lame. That again was also, uh, one of the better laughs when he was like, Oh, I can't see. I can't hear you. Wait, now you're too close. No, no, too far, yeah. too close, too far. Oh, I see what's happening. I just like um, the like... part where they put up the background and she's like, look, I'm doing the, the luau. <laughs> like, oh, no. um, Peter is tolerable in his scenes where he's not interacting with a woman. I feel <laughs> like a, a romantic interest. I think it's that's the stuff that to give again give Siegel a little more credit. 
it's the romance stuff that Peter just feels so miserable in. And like I said, maybe it's intentional and we just have misread this movie for 10 years. But I, I, I feel like the vibe definitely was Peter is a great dude when this movie came out, who all men should be more aspiring to. I don't know if that's true. But, um, but when he's interacting with the side characters, he is great. And Jason Siegel actually is great at just stepping back to and letting all of these side players mm-hmm. just get a chance to shine. He's not worried about being the star of the movie and having the funniest bit from each thing. He really lets him and the director, um, Nicholas Stoller, really let him have a chance or gives everybody a chance to shine in this movie, which is why it is so rewatchable. I mean, the movie just flies by. Like every scene is like, oh, yeah, this is funny. This is a great funny scene. I feel like it dragged a little bit. It feels like the movie... I think where the movie feels like it extends itself is the scenes I keep harping on the most. Like, the movie decides to really just stick some knives in Sarah Marshall's character when the movie feels like it should be starting to wrap up. But have we exhausted forgetting Sarah Marshall? Okay. John, do you have any last thoughts that you want since this was your pick? We kind of fought you on... Again, I, I enjoy this movie. I could watch this movie if it was on TV popped up i i would happily sit and find plenty of funny things to watch about this movie it just the peter stuff really got to me this time for whatever reason Mm -hmm. yeah no and that's understandable yeah for sure so that's gonna do it for forgetting sarah marshall uh next week we are watching a movie that i don't think anybody else well they might have watched it by now when we're recording this has anybody watched the movie for next week no okay you guys gonna all push that off to the last second yep uh The fresher that movie is in your head, the better it'll be to talk about anyways. But uh, the last flashback of the year is going to be, and probably our second to last podcast of this year, is going to be my last pick for flashbacks, which is 2008's Charlie Kaufman-directed Synecdoche, New York. One of my favorite movies of that decade, I think. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yes. An amazing philip seymour hoffman performance synecdoche see this is i thought it would be my second favorite movie of the last decade and i have it ranked at 23 on the list that i made i think it would be higher now interesting i just want to Uh, say the last five minutes of this podcast has been quality content (laughs) i know it's all getting deleted (laughs) okay i also have assassinations of jesse james i'd probably put at number one and maybe what is my number one Oh, no, Eternal Sunshine would still be my number one of the last decade. But yes, Charlie Kaufman's Synecdoche, New York will be our last flashback of the year. And we will be moving on to 2009 and 1999 next year. Two pretty great years for movies, even if we apparently aren't going to discuss a lot of my favorites from them. (laughs) But um, yeah, so come back for that and then come back for... Our last podcast of the year, probably, which will be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Until then, I am Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. And you can find us at middleofrow.com, where we've actually been posting some stuff lately. Um, Reviews and articles, and I'm sure some more Flash Year review articles will be popping up in the coming time since we've recorded this so uh yeah go visit that and rate and review us wherever you find this podcast if you want to do that uh and also you can find us on facebook which is usually ben grigsby's job 
and um, you can find us at middle of row or nope just middle <laughs> of the row on Facebook and uh, you can find Ben Grigsby at the Grigsby Bear wherever you can find that he'd probably prefer that you specify letterboxed oh letterboxed yeah he's a big fan <laughs> of his letterboxed uh, I'm Jonathan Rahul you can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J and you can also follow our website on Twitter where you'll get updates on when we post written content for the website or podcast episodes. And that Twitter handle is at middle of row. Hashtag know the. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Tumblr at Beware of Trees. On Tumblr. On Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find <laughs> us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. I had Zodiac ranked 45 out of the best movies of the last decade. That is fucking insane. How dumb am I? That is definitely top three. I Real dumb. I've never watched that movie again. It was too disturbing for me. Oh, so good. Really? The, that's the one with Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah. Yes. 45 just with Zodiac. The scenes of people being Star Wars killed, three. they're just very like upsetting. Yes, they are. But that movie is incredible, incredibly rewatchable, and a beautiful portrait of San Francisco. Okay. And a murderer. <laughs> and murderer. Uh, thanks for li- Amy. I we were taking a lift ride to the city this weekend, and because uh, we had a free hotel, because Amy's had a work function there, and so we I stayed up. I saw some movies in the, the city while she was doing her party, but um, it was I got out of the car like two thirds of the way through the ride, and while well, it was she, still moving, you just. No, no, he murdered no, no. it. <laughs> they they kick you out in San um, Francisco. They I, really gotta I, make it to the next I person. I hopped out to walk to the movie theater, and she because she was going further than I was going. But she, when I got back to the hotel room that night, she was so angry with me because she thought our Lyft driver was so creepy. <laughs> and she was like, "You left me with the Zodiac. How <laughs> could you do us. that to me? Oh my gosh." <laughs> Which he could still be around. They never caught him. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> Go watch Synecdoche, New York. Wait, don't they don't they like screen Lyft drivers? No, they Lyft is lie. good. <laughs> Uber usually most of, when you hear a horror story about a um, ride share uh, person, it's almost ninety five percent of the time it's an Uber creepy Uber driver. He was just an older guy who. Yeah, he had a weird vibe, but he was just a little socially awkward, and he was fine. I felt safe for Amy, but she apparently did not. But she survived, <laughs> so she was wrong. Um, <laughs> go watch Synecdoche, New York, and remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road. This is a song that I never thought I would write on the night I'm dying. Sorry for all the wrong I've done. I finished trying, it was a wonderful dream, now let him come and slay me. There he is, the demon who owned the streets of London, I come to slay here I am, I'll leave you bleeding in my dungeon, I'll never obey, I'll rip out your esophagus. Please, Mr. Von Helsing, listen to me.